Welcome to the third section here for chapter three in the Strayer book uh, in AP World History. Uh, we're going to just look at Rome on this one. I know in the last one I said Roman, China, but this is a huge section and I want to kind of delineate what's Roman and what's Chinese. So uh, the next podcast that you hear is the China part. So uh, Rome, uh, you might know of it. You might, you probably have heard of it somewhere, uh, but it was a city state uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere in Italy as part of a early Etruscan kingdom. Uh, but uh, they'll eventually rise up and, and take over those Etruscans and take over all their neighbors. And it goes through uh, three phases. We'll see um, the first phase is kings, with the first king being the uh, mythical Romulus. And then uh, we'll get into the Republican era, which is the, the most uh, aggrandized or highly valued one. And then it'll go from there into an empire, uh, back to kind of a monarchy, but we don't call it the monarchy because king's a bad word in Rome. So... Uh, it starts out with kings, and then in 509, the aristocrats that uh, guided the king or advised the king uh, didn't like the king Tarquinius Superbus, and they kicked him out, and they set up the Senate, uh, which made it a republic in that these aristocrats were voted for by the people, uh, but they were the only ones that could participate because they were deemed patricians or the upper class, the ruling class, and the lower class is known as plebeians, and that included everyone that wasn't part of that original aristocratic family guiding the king. <coughs> and this is something that will guide Rome throughout all of history. But uh, plebeians are marginalized in all this, and they eventually get some rights. And by the time we get to Julius Caesar, they have full rights in, in the government. Um, uh, and with that government, it's really kind of just two things. Uh, there are multiple positions within the Senate, uh, but you have the Senate, and that's really the only thing making and doing anything, but within the Senate you have positions, and the major position there are, are the two councils, which are essentially like having two presidents that then bickered with each, bickered with each other to then try to not get anything done. So um, it's, a, it's a rough system. It'll work for about 500 years until um, Julius Caesar and um, Caesar Augustus come in and they kind of wipe it out. Um, and set up the empire. Uh, Julius Caesar didn't intentionally set up the empire, but his uh, adopted son Octavius, uh, known as Caesar Augustus, would um, do that. So we'll see that here in a second. But uh, Rome rises. They go from that small city-state conquering the Etruscans, the Latins, uh, to getting into a war with another major rising power in the Mediterranean, the uh, people of Carthage. Uh, and that war is known as the Punic Wars, and there are actually three of them. And um, in all these, Rome wins. They first beat them for Sicily, then they beat them for Spain, and then they beat them for all the Mediterranean uh, and just kind of get rid of them. So uh, Rome now has control of all the Western Mediterranean with this fight, and then they start pushing east, and this will bring them into conflict with the Macedonian Empire. The textbook doesn't go into this uh, too well, but um, they do bring in... Um, uh, they go into that, and this will lead to the, the major conflicts because... The um, and I should be more specific with the major conflicts. There's conflicts externally where they're conquering all these people, the Macedonians, the Greeks, the uh, everyone in Asia Minor, and going down to Egypt uh, and reconquering parts of North Africa that they lost um, or that rebelled. But um, this this is something that the Roman Republic can't handle, and so this is why they'll eventually switch to an empire. Uh, around the uh, first century BCE, and um, that'll be under Caesar Augustus. And this will be known as the Pax Romana, uh, or the Roman peace. 
And with this and uh, Roman control over all this Mediterranean world, uh, it brings a lot of opportunities for people. Uh, you would have seen there that it, it brings opportunities for soldiers. They can get wealthy there. Um, they, they can get citizenship because you didn't automatically get citizenship because you were born in the Roman Empire. Uh, it allowed people to make uh, great business transactions because there was stability there and there was protection. And the, the Romans tried to get rid of the pirates on the Mediterranean Sea. Um, and uh, it also brings in or leads to a spreading of the culture of slavery in the Mediterranean world, which the Romans already did through POWs um, or the use of POWs as slaves. And the Greeks had already done that too, so that wasn't anything new. So now, this has been a lot so far, uh, but we still have a, a good chunk to go. So um, if you need to take a pause and break or something like that, do that. Uh, but... Uh, we're going to start looking into now what uh, the culture in this Roman Empire looked like here uh, with this next section, and then that'll also bring us into the collapse. So we'll try to get this done here in, in a short time. So uh, Rome, and this will be the same for China, they, they view themselves as these universal empires that they are the center of the world and everything kind of revolves around them, which to them and, and what they understood the world, yeah, it, it kind of did. Um, the emperors in the imperial stage of Rome will become gods, uh, and they will invest hugely in public works. So building roads, building aqueducts, uh, building giant um, stadiums, theaters, whatever the people need, bathhouses, um, to, to solidify their power. And any threat to it, uh, which Christianity was the, the major threat in the early um, First, first and second centuries, um, they, they would persecute them. And so the Christians get persecuted uh, really badly. We're going to see that later in the, in the religions part of this in chapter 5, I think that is. Uh, but uh, eventually Christianity will be absorbed by the Roman Empire under uh, Constantine the Great and um, will become their official religion. But uh, we're not going to go too much into that right now. We'll, we'll go into that later. So um, skipping ahead a little bit, then you'll see that the Romans and the Italians were, were uh, in, in not a small part the minority of the empire, but they controlled everything. Uh, and they uh, gradually brought people in that they could trust, and that's how they used their citizenship there. That's why if you were a soldier for a certain amount of time, you could get citizenship because you, you would be accustomed to the Roman way of life and you would fight to keep it that way after all that you did. Now, this culture those soldiers fought for included all those kind of public works that I talked about that the, the emperors did before uh, with the huge buildings of theaters and temples and stuff like that. Um, and these temples could be to Isis, Mithras. They wouldn't have been to Christianity in the day, but um, all those types of things. And uh, other things such as the, the public baths that they would expect to find everywhere and uh, the ability to at least participate in government somewhat, even if it's, even if it's controlled by an emperor. And they would also expect to be able to see Latin, um, or not see Latin, but hear Latin spoken or, or see things in Latin, um, because they would be used to that. And that will become the basis for a lot of the European languages, uh, Spanish, French, Portuguese, all those guys. And uh, they'd also be used to that the common law that was throughout it, so um, of what should be followed and what's valued based on that law code. And the last thing here uh, to bring in, and this is going to lead us into the collapse of this, is uh, the Romans did a lot to destroy their environment with, as part of their culture. I mean, not that they purposely did it, but um, the, the sporting events they did uh, erased a whole species of animals, 
Uh, they smelted a lot of ores, so that put a lot of pollution in the air as well as, um, I mean, it's it's uh, very degrading, not degrading, but it destroys the environment when you go and mine these in, in large numbers. Um, led to more uh, cities, which led to uh, more and more uh, people living there and, and taking up farmland or forests and stuff like that. And uh, deforestation to feed those cities and also to, to build the buildings for those cities. So uh, the empire will eventually collapse in 476, but we have to take a step back because that's only one part of the empire. Uh, Rome uh, gets split uh, under Constantine the Great. Uh, Rome, or after Constantine the Great, Rome will officially be split between an east and a west, and they become two separate empires. The east will actually live on, uh, and it'll become what we call the Byzantine Empire, even though they would have never called themselves the Byzantines, and the west will will collapse. And reasons for this happening uh, are because, one, the empire became too large to manage, that's why it split into two, and then uh, the west didn't have the resources to, to maintain control, uh, they had overextended their boundaries, it was too expensive, they weren't bringing enough money, um, the technology that they needed to, to try to maintain things was being obtained by uh, others, so it undermined their technological advantage, and um, they just, they, they didn't have enough of uh, everything to keep everything going. Um, so the west will fall apart. Germans invade um, in waves, and so you get the Franks, you get the Visigoths and the Ostrogoths and all those guys coming through, uh, and they take their own parts of the territory uh, and set up their own little kingdoms, which will become the, the medieval kingdoms that we'll see later in, in Unit 3. And uh, this collapse and these uh, cultures, uh, these German cultures, will create a new, uh, a new culture uh, within Western Europe. Um, There'll be less wars initially. Uh, there is no central government controlling everything, and, and it will never be united. You have uh, a couple attempts at it with the Holy Roman Empire. You have the uh, French under Napoleon. You have Germany in the World Wars, um, and it just it, it just never happens. Uh, but uh, in addition to that, no centralized government. There's less urbanization. More people are living on farms. The population drops because of this. Uh, there's less trade going on, at least long distance. It's a lot of local within the towns. And um, the the culture is, is broken up. That's the it's unified in that all these things kind of disappear or change in this way. But um, the Frankish culture is going to be much different from the the Visigothic culture, which is going to be much different from the the Anglo-Saxon culture in in um, in Great Britain. So uh, it it leads to a whole new thing in in Europe with this.